Welcome everyone to the Inspired Jewish Woman podcast, a place to come together to meet other passionate Jewish women from around the globe. We here value unity and we come together from different backgrounds, places and stages in life. We focus on what unites us being a Jewish woman. We believe that every woman has a beautiful and unique light to shine to our community and to the world. In these podcast interviews, we find the light in others, and we learn from everyone. These are the topics that matter most to you and empower you to be the inspired Jewish woman that you want to be. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another installment of our Inspired Jewish Woman weekly podcast. And today I have a friend coming from Israel, Chana Rachel Weinberg. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for having me. So nice to have you. And I'm still waiting to meet you in person and possibly go out on a coffee date together and really get to further our friendship and our relationship. It's really your realness and your awesomeness that is always jumping out at me. We've only had three or four conversations. I became a customer of yours. I'm going to explain a little bit of what Hannah does. But just in our few interactions, I just really fell in love with you. So I'm excited to get to know you more and to introduce you to my world. <laughs> wow, I'm blushing. I'm really blushing. <laughs> um, thank you. I'm, I'm really touched. And I think what you're doing is also really impressive. But I think it's very courageous what you're doing. And thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. I'll tell you a gift that I was given a couple years ago. It was um, back in 2015 or 2016. And I was heading out the door on my way to lead a trip. I lead trips. That's what I do. That's my greatest passion. I think I've led 13 or 14 trips, mostly to Israel, but in recent years to Poland and then to Thailand. And so I was heading out the door and back in 2015, my kids were really little. I mean, they're still little, but in those years I was nursing. I was, I mean, it was such a sacrifice on myself and on my family. And I was really doubting my decisions. And if it was the right time, I was a wreck and anxiety through the roof as I'm leaving the door, saying my goodbyes, all teary-eyed. And my husband caught me at the door before I jumped into my taxi. And he said, Eve, just go find their light. That's what you do. Just go and find everyone's light. And I've been on this search ever since then because I think that is my gift to the world. And I think that when I see someone or meet someone, I just see what makes them so unique and so special. So you may or may not recognize yourself as an inspired Jewish woman, but we're all together in this Jewish woman world and we need to hold each other up and we need to learn from each other. And I've learned some really profound lessons from our few interactions together. And I think it's really worthwhile bringing you forward. Okay, so I'm going to start. I'll just introduce you a little bit and then I'm going to just pass it on to you because I want you to tell us a bit of your story and your journey. So you were born in Pennsylvania. It, that must be a very small Jewish community. Yeah, well, Lancaster, Pennsylvania is actually, um, it's where I was born. It's a really small community. It's um, known more as Amish town. They're like a very small sect of like very conservative people. They don't use any technology and Wow. My father was a rabbi there. So yeah, we grew up there. How many Jewish families did you grow up with? It was such a long time ago. I barely remember, but I would say maybe like a hundred. 
few hundred. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and you left when you were pretty young, right? You made Aliyah when you were three years old, is that? Yeah. So it's still a big part of your upbringing and, and who your parents are. And do you have older siblings? Two older sisters. Wow. So nice. And, and then moved to Israel and, and been living the dream ever since, right? Your family moved to Beit Shemesh, which is a very established older community. And then you went through the system over there. I mean, you graduated high school, did Sheirut Leomi National Service, which is what most religious girls do. Instead of doing the army, they'll do the Sheirut Leomi. So what did you do? What was your specialty? I was working in a South old age home in Herzliya. I was just befriending these great older people and uh, I was singing with them, dancing with them. Like, yeah, we, we, our job was to keep them entertained. <laughs> wow. That's what a special did. thing. Okay, so after Sheirut Leomi, we went off to study fashion in Australia. Is that right? So actually, after Sheirut Leomi, there's a thing of, it's called Tiyul Chayat Zava. It's like a trip after your services. So... It's not something that the religious girls normally do, but it's what I did. <laughs> so I flew to Australia originally for three months, and that turned out to be a whole year because I loved it so much. Um, so I had my time in Australia, and then I came back to Israel, and I did a degree in fashion in Israel while going back to Australia every summer just for the summer to work. So it was like a back and forth between Australia and Israel most of the time for like six years. And then I got back to Israel and here I am. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. What school did you study at in Israel? It's called Shinkar in Ramagan. Yeah. Oh, wow. Famous school. That's like an art school and a design school. Yeah. Impressive that you know. Just a little, a little tidbit about me. My dream my whole childhood was to become a fashion designer. <laughs> so I, I wanted to study in FIT in New York, but then I met my husband and we stayed in Israel for a decade and I took a different route. But maybe that's what kind of attracted me to you originally when I saw your work and I really loved it. So tell us about your professional career. You launched your own business. I'm not sure when and how long that's been going for, but that's how I met you. And I'm actually wearing one of your dresses today, which is so colorful and, and so soft and cozy. It's a wraparound dress with a tie on the side. I have another dress of yours, which is like a tennis dress that I use for swimming. And it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's not typical clothes. It's, it's everything has like a flair to it. The colors, the designs. It's kind of like a piece of art, every single piece that I've seen. So tell us how, how that went. And it really, really took off. I mean, you were sold out of so many pieces. Every time I wanted to buy something, it was on back order. So it seems like it really went well. I mean, even in the beginning when you came on, I told you how beautiful you look and I love seeing you wearing these colors. Colors is really what brought me into the whole brand that I started doing. Colors and sports. I really loved sports and I really loved exercising. And back in the time when I was living in Australia, I wasn't so religious. So I'd buy like all the most beautiful and colorful and like skimpy activewear. <laughs> and it was like the highlight of my day to go out and exercise in this beautiful activewear. You know what it's like when you go into like Nike and it's like a whole rainbow of colors and you're all excited to like see the mesh and see all the textures and prints and everything. So that's really what got me excited. And then when I came back to Israel and I started becoming a little bit more religious during my final year of fashion school, I suddenly couldn't wear all this whole wardrobe of activewear that I had. And I felt very stuck and very depressed about it. 
So that's how I came out with like um, the idea of a running dress, like running something that you still look good in and also something that you can exercise and run in. So it started from that and then it started growing. I came up with like the idea of like really lightweight like skirts and like sets that make you actually want to exercise and colors that really get you excited to exercise. And hence why you're sitting here in this like royal blue. I bought this for my trip to Thailand. I think this is the lightest dress I own. It's amazing. So comfort really, really matters. Thank you. Yeah, that's something that really also matters to me. For me, it's so important to feel breathable, to feel like I'm just like myself comfortable and it's really important. And yeah, the brand went really well. I would say like the highlight of the brand that I've had meanwhile was really during like the third year. I had a collaboration with a Muslim and a Jewish runner, Beauty Deutsch, who's like the famous Jewish runner. And so, yeah, that was the highlight. And then after that, after I had it for like three and a half years, I started feeling like it was time for me to put it on the back burner so I can focus on other things that are also important for me. Wow. So that's where I am now. So it sounds like you got into this business. It was, it's called Hanabana, right? Yeah, yeah. In Hebrew, it's Hanabana. In English, you can call it Hanabana, Shanabana, Hanabana. Nice. It sounds like you got into that business of fashion through art, right? Through your love of colors and love of people and sports and all your activities and hobbies. And then it kind of led you to looking a little bit deeper at what makes you you, what makes you tick. Maybe it wasn't the business side of the business that lit your fire. It was really the art of it that kept your spark shining, let's say. I find that very amazing that you were able to see that and to know it and to acknowledge who you are and where you're at and pivot and do what you need to do. Did you leave the business or is it not as big of a business now as it used to be? I didn't leave the business, but I am not mass producing anymore and I'm not manufacturing large amounts. I'm just creating by order. And I have to say that it's very true. When you first reached out to me, Eve, I was like, I'm not feeling inspired these days, not necessarily. And you said before also, when you were a child, your biggest dream was to be a fashion designer. I think lots of people, like they come up with these ideas of like, what is it like to be a fashion designer? Like, wow, having a business is probably so luxurious, but there's really lots of things that go further that go behind it. I mean, like having a business isn't only walking to an office every day and just like, here, you do this, that, you do that, this and that, and this and that. It's like having a baby. You start from the bottom and you work your way up and then you realize that there's so much more behind it. And I think that one of the things that kept me through Shinkar, which is actually one of like the really hardest schools out there in fashion design, it's not because I was so after the title of fashion designer. I think what got me into fashion in the first place was that I love textures. I love creating. I love just even draping. It's something that really, really brings me to life. I get really excited when I see people wearing color like you're wearing now or anywhere outside, outdoors. Like I just, I'm very drawn to patterns and to reflections that for me, that's what kept me going those whole full four years in Shankar. And also now what I'm doing now, teaching art, working with watercolors, it's something that I absolutely love. So I think it's, it's very true what you're saying. It's like, it's remembering to find the things that, that keep you ticking. The sound that this pen is making right now. But yeah, you have to remember to like 
tune out of like the system that you're so mechanically going into to remember what it is that makes you tick. So that's what I'm right. doing right now. Such a huge lesson. It's like, take your pulse, listen to your heart. What is pulling you forward? And whatever is not serving you, let it go. We just think we need to keep going, keep doing it. We think our lives have to be so tedious. And this is such a gift that you're giving us. Even though the money was probably really good, you were able to say there's something that I value more than the money and the fame and the business and the growth of what you built. And that is just something that we really all should sit with for a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I think... It's something we should all sit with. And I'll be really honest about it. It's not like the money, it's not like it was a crazy, crazy success and it wasn't like a crazy failure. It was like any business when you're first doing it for the first few years is a lot of hustling. It's a lot of breaking even first before you can make a huge break in the industry. And I just realized that in order to make a really big break in the sportswear industries, you need to come in large scale. The way I did it, I don't even know how I had the courage to do it, but I, I just went, I designed the prototypes. I was like, okay, let's start selling, you know, let's build a website. Let's, you know, start building clientele. Like I built up even nice clientele of women from all around the world and people that love my product and people that are begging me to make the product again. But right now where I am right now in my life is that it's not my top priority to dedicate myself fully to the business right now. Right now I'm just doing my own thing and Hashem, I'll find one day a person, either a business partner or someone who really does believe in this product that really wants to help me like be able to mass produce and do it with like a whole system and like according to me, I'm happy to go in there and, and give it like even a bigger shot. But right now it's a little bit much to do it as a one, one man show. Yeah. Can I ask you something personal? when you realized this was really not the direction you wanted to be spending your life in, in this business world, was there some grieving? Was there like this moment of frustration? Yeah, it's like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he has this whole motivational CD I listen to sometimes in my car. And he talks about how it's good to not have a plan B. He's like, there is no plan B. If you have a plan B, so don't start writing a plan A. He's like, if you're, if you're putting all of your effort and all your energy into one thing, don't do it with putting something into like another back burner, like go full power, you know? And then like, after I kind of like took a stop from my business and I was listening to him say that, I was like, here I am <laughs> on plan B. <laughs> what a failure, you know? Wow. Um, so like, I felt, I felt like, you know, you have your little Yetzirah, like right over there, like telling you like, oh, you failed, like, oh, here you are putting yourself out there, taking like a, a nickname from your past, like being vulnerable, putting your whole heart into something and saying that maybe it didn't go as far as you wanted it to go. So yeah, it was very disappointing. And, um, and I spent some time, you know, really grieving and I still do grieve a little bit. I mean, I still do get orders here and there and like I, I send them out and on the website and customers that are returning, but still it's, it is, it's like Robert Frost's poem, like, you know, the road less traveled by. It's like, yeah, it's, you ask yourself, what could it have been like if, you know, if I went all the way or if I didn't stop for, but you know what? Life doesn't work that way. One of my mentors, Aliza Bulo, she has this thing where she explains to me that when you have step one that fails, 
then you go to step two, which is to stress and to grieve and to be frustrated and to sit with it. And then you go to step three, which is to get back up and keep moving forward. So she always tells me, just skip step two. <laughs> just, just keep moving. It didn't work. Get back up. Keep moving forward. Sometimes that's helpful because sometimes we just need to keep moving forward. But sometimes we need to, to just sit with our stuff, with our pain, with our grief. It's part of the process. Yeah. So I want to ask you what it is that's bringing you joy right now. Right now, what's bringing me joy is seeing you wearing these beautiful <laughs> colors. And also just sitting here and having a conversation with a woman in a totally different time zone. It's like uncharted waters and it's mm. really cool. Well, I know where we're going to meet when we do meet up in Israel. At first I thought we'll go for coffee. I'm ready to go to Israel. And I think we're going to go to Tel Aviv, mm. to Nachalat Binyamin, which is my favorite place in Israel where we can walk the streets and, and go into all the fabric shops and touch and feel all the different textures and fabrics that come in from all over the world. That was my favorite place. That, that was, I went at least once a month, I would go just walk those streets and, and hang out in the textile shops. Is that somewhere, is that where you've gotten your fabrics? When I was growing up around 15 or 16, I used to go there all the time for getting fabrics. And Today, today I actually go to a, a, a larger place. There's a little wonderland in, in Yafo, this massive man, uh, distributor fabrics from Italy. They come in and they have like three floors packed with any kind of fabric that you're thinking of. So I think that's something you would enjoy. Yeah, Ooh, that's sure. Better. That's amazing. Well, I'm really looking forward to that time with the sun on our face. The Israel sun is like none other. I miss it so, so much. And you're very lucky and blessed to be there right now. Raf Arush talks about it. He says that it's really important to like say thank you. And the more you say thank you, the more blessings come into your life. So that's someone that I get it from. By the way, when you come to Israel, I know where I want to take you. Do you go running? Do you exercise? I dance. I am not such a runner, even though I'll try to keep up with my teenage son. <laughs> like, yeah, like... Dancing is also great. The thing is, though, I'm not sure in Israel there are so many like places to dance just for women. I know lots of places like with mixed dancing. Even a place in Jerusalem that is like mixed dancing, but it's not like the dirty kind of dancing. It's like a really nice place. I don't know if it's for you, but we're going to find a place to dance. One of my dreams, and, and you know, everyone has their dreams and their things that they hold on to. So I don't know when this got in my mind, but from the time I was a young girl, and I started dancing when I was 10 years, well, even before 10. 10, I started Israeli dancing, but probably six, seven, eight, I started jazz, tap, and ballet. And then teenage, I did hip hop, and I choreographed, and all that. But at some point, I got this dream in my head that one day I'm going to live in Israel, and I'm going to be dancing on the hilltops of Jerusalem with women. And it must have been this image that I've once seen, like women in white flowy dresses dancing on the hilltops. Maybe it was a tuba of the women coming out and dancing in the fields and finding their marriage partners and all of that, the beautiful imagery. But it stuck. And when I came to Israel at 18, I was looking and seeking and searching for my dancers, my dance group, my troupe, like where am I going to be dancing on the hilltop? It was actually hard 
to find the perfect group and the perfect fit. Just with transparency here, I'm okay to say that the first group I found was in Telpiot and it was Israeli dancing and it was actually men and women. So I would come and there weren't so many men, but I would kind of like hang out on the side and I would only hold women's hands. I was trying to find my place, but after a while of doing that, I felt it wasn't true to who I was. I wanted to be in an all women's environment. So I left that. And then I studied in Telpiot in, an, in another dance school and I became an aerobics instructor. So that was, and that was an all women's club. So that was a great place. It was not so easy, which you're, you're correct there. It's hard to find the all women's groups, but I think now there's a lot more offered. I have a friend, Rachel Factor, not sure if you know of her. She's a Japanese Jew by choice, who used to be on Broadway, and she opened a dance studio for women. There are many outlets, thank God. Kind of an amazing time that we're living in. There's so much more available for us to use our creativity and our talents and still be orthodox women that are trying to keep halakha as best as we can, trying to make it work. Now, I think it's really important to not give up on that spark, that drive that's within you, that artistic creativity. And it, it comes out in so many different ways and we need to acknowledge it and honor it. Yeah. And also what you're saying about the whole dancing community and how it's growing. Now that I'm thinking of it, there is definitely a community of like women dancers in Israel. I remember growing up also in Beit Shemesh, not necessarily dancers, but they had women um, concerts, like just like for singing on stage, just for women, um, and also plays. Now they're having plays just for women. And the dance world, definitely a movement of like Zumba, lots of Zumba parties. The thing is though, is what I feel so powerful about dancing, Eve, is that when you have your own freedom to connect to the music. Aerobics is great, I've, I've done aerobics, yeah. and then also like Zumba is also fun, but there's something magical about just being able to just freestyle with music, with like, it doesn't matter where, be on the mountains of Jerusalem <laughs> if you want. But like, to just like connect to music as it is, without any instruction, without any expectation, I find that to be the biggest therapy. And Maybe this will inspire you to make it happen. It doesn't take much. You put on music and you let it go. Yeah, so, and actually what you're saying right now really is just reminding me of this painting that I made last year. It's called Shirat Hayam. It's basically like four women and they're all just dancing with each other and just like celebrating. It's so funny, when you said Shirat Hayam, I was imagining Miriam with her tambourine. And I, I love this. It's, it's kind of like a modern day Shirat Hayam, how, how we would love to... You know, when it comes, when it's time for us to grab our tambourines or to go arm in arm and, and move forward into a better time and celebrate again, what's it going to look like? It's going to be just joy. That's what it is when we have true unity and we could just focus on what unites us and not what separates us. You know, it's, it's coming together. We all have so much in common. 
much more than our skin color and much more than the way that we dress. Yeah, for sure. And also, I think in in dance, there's something that is so uniting because we're connecting with what's inside of you. You're not necessarily so concerned about all the external factors. So you can dance, you can dance, like connect to the rhythm. And like, next thing you know, it there's like a woman, like a totally opposite race than you is connecting to the same rhythm and you're just interacting and it's a language, it's a dialogue when you're connecting with the dance. So I think this is definitely like where the world is going and I'm excited for that stage as well. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that with us. If any of our listeners want to find you or sign themselves or their children lessons, what would be the best way of reaching you? The best way to reach me is on Instagram. They could just look up my name, Hannah Rachel Weinberg, and I have an art account over there. It's Hannah Rachel Art, so they can find me there. And then also on Facebook, they could just message me, Hannah Rachel Weinberg, and I'd be happy. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. And if someone were interested in having a special order made for them, do you have your website up and running? Yes, I have two websites. I have one for the sportswear. If you're interested in the sportswear, you can look up Hanabana. It's hanabana.com, C-H-A-B-A-N-A.com. And then the art website is hanaweinberg.com. So you can see more of my work there. And I also do private orders also for paintings. This is a painting that is also for sale. And I have like a whole, I do also private orders for paintings and lessons for paintings. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. Wow, you are really a beautiful artist and a beautiful person. So nice to have this time together. And I, I thank you for giving us your time and sharing some of your, your heart with us. Thank you for having me here and for taking this initiative. It's very special. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining everyone. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. We value that you are a part of our community be sure to check out our other podcast episodes and to learn more about the work that we do at Inspired Jewish Women, please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on our website at www.inspiredjewishwomen.com. Notice that we use the word woman and not woman in plural because Jewish women are most powerful when we bond together and we together can create amazing positive changes in the world. Bye for now. Hope to see you again soon so we could continue this conversation.